Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. I got a question for you. Shoot. If you were a roadside preacher or a small chapel preacher, or even mm. bigger than that, what would your preaching name be? Mm, that's a great question. I might... I, I have a very waspy name. <laughs> my, if I use my full name, I could maybe do that. I could be... I mean, yeah... I could be preacher Alexander Spence Peters. Oh, uh, Al- that's that's not bad. Yeah, Pete. Yeah, yeah Peter. Just I think I would. I would just. I would just go for my full name. Mm. Also, because I feel like, I feel like because you know my full name is Alexander. I, right. I I'm not like I don't have baggage about my name that i don't dislike alexander that's not why i go by zan i just don't want to be called al <laughs> and right. Ale- and and alex has never felt right no. with me i either i wanted even as a little kid i insisted people call me alexander until oh. uh, my my brother delivered me my uh nickname by not being able to say alexander mm, interesting how that works out right yeah yeah I- yeah I mean, you're but, a Zan. But yeah, that, that's, that's, that, that's like, I feel like that would be, I, I like, I like sort of like the command of it sometimes, like, almost like, I almost wish people that, I wish sometimes I didn't immediately introduce myself as Zan and people that knew me in a strictly formal sense knew me mm. as Alexander. And if you knew me well, you called me Zan. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't that happen to you in Italy though? Where like well, it was ma- hard to pronounce Zan? mainly because they don't. <laughs> yeah, they don't have access. Mainly because that name, that phonetically, Zan makes no sense. Yeah, you be- you become Sam at that point. So yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they definitely even more so than in the states. They think you're mm. saying Sam, and right. I think in. I've realized in in a in a lot of circumstances this has only been brought to my attention fairly recently that I think there's a lot of people that see my name and then see me and are trying to figure out if I'm like half Chinese or something or like a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair yeah, enough. Yeah, like even even friends I've had that it went when i was in australia my malaysian friends it took them a long time one time we were just hanging out and mm. they were like wait a second your name's short for alexander <laughs> i'm like yeah so it blew and my like, name. yeah yeah the even my my professor said something to me about that recently i don't hmm. want to say that like i've gotten i i this is it's definitely not the case where like i feel like i've gotten opportunities that people <laughs> people of color should have gotten uh but it is one of those things that i've i've only recently realized 
might might be a different assumption when people gotcha. hear the name Zan without the context of it being short for Alexander. Yeah, that's fair enough. Now that being said, what is mm. what is what is your uh, preacher name? Preacher man. So here's my take on it. I'm gonna do the same thing as yours, where you take the full mm. first name. Because mm-hmm. I don't go by Joseph normally. I go by Joe because I'm not the carpenter mm-hmm. father of Jesus. As or you stepfather. Said. As I've said probably numerous times here. Mm-hmm. So, you ready for this? Ready. Preacher Joseph Galilee. That's oh. the name. Mm-hmm. Spin the last Joseph. name. We can't, we can't have any Italian last names. They can't know that I have Catholic roots. We got to <laughs> spin it. Biblically, you can see that name on a T-shirt, though, or on a megachurch. I feel like that's definitely there. <laughs> Joseph Galilee. Joseph Galilee. Atchison. Mm, Very mm. low Southern draw. You know, mm, you have to really sell yeah, it. You yeah, got to sell yeah. the casual, the casualness for it. There's, there's potential there to grow. Do a business. you, do you feel like you need a middle name in that? I don't know. I don't know. It would maybe it's, hmm. I don't know. I, feel like I mean, you, you need like some, <laughs> you you need some like Nathaniel Joseph Nathaniel Galilee. You need like maybe a name like that maybe. In the I mean, I feel like Joseph Smith was this most simple name possible, and the man became Joe like Smith. a god. So <laughs> that has got to be so confusing to people that like the the most generic sounding name is one of yeah. the most famous. <laughs> I know. <laughs> figures in american history oh my gosh yeah i'll keep i'll keep working on the brand of my televangelist uh preacher but um Mm -hmm, i I think mm -hmm. there's some potential there do do you know the good word you would preach like what's your angle you're like Mm. you're like cucumbers are the devil's fruit (laughs) i i feel like it would be you just gotta you gotta pick something like really random to be (laughs) like your your boogeyman to rally people around i know maybe that's yeah, I feel like that's the trick you need. I guess I would probably just complain about like, like everything would be like the same in terms of following mm-hmm. whatever specific sect of Protestantism right, or evangelical mm-hmm. ideas, like everything in order. And then it's just going to be like, and Grown Ups 2 was a terrible movie and is also connected to the devil. And I'm just going to have a whole conspiracy outline about mm-hmm. Adam Sandler films and that will be the in. Or, or it's, Hmm. Subway you, you, is the devil, actually. I feel like that's the move in. Like Subway sandwiches. Do you do you do you feel like that's getting into QAnon territory? Yeah. Like that's why I pivoted because, immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like if people you're yeah. Well, you could maybe sell it to the QAnon people. I don't know but, if like, I want they got to, it. They though. got it. They got it wrong with the cosmic pizza because technically <laughs> we have way about... more evidence of a pedophile being That's connected true. to Subway That's true. than we mm. do to whatever that pizza place was. There you go. So maybe. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah, I. I we'll, we'll we'll have to remove that character we'll, before we'll, it gets we'll, out of workshop it. we'll workshop we'll, it. We'll workshop we'll it. We'll workshop it. We'll do. Um, I I can definitely picture you one day showing up in like a righteous gemstones esque <laughs> yes. big suit. Um, it's perfect. What what what's what's the little preacher boy from uh uh Gravity Falls? What's he called? Um. Oh my God! I can't remember. It's yeah. Um, I, I could see it though. I could pull that off. Yeah, yeah. You you could you could maybe do that. I 
I think you're you're a little old to come at it maybe from the uh the small child that uh saw the afterlife and came back to life <laughs> angle right right it, i think mm. it, it's gonna have to be more of the if it was my alternate persona i deviated from my artistic ways and have mm -hmm. devoted my visions my vision my my visual experience to God in this case, and to yeah. God, gospel, Bible, you, but you I don't, know don't what you don't see. But the problem is, I know how chill you are, and I feel mm. like if for some reason uh, circumstances changed and you did become Father Joe, you would be a mm. very you would be a cool priest. You would be like the Fleabag cool priest. priest. I <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I I, I think so, but then. Uh... Dripping yeah. with dripping with charisma, a little goofy. Yeah, yeah. having existential crisis after another. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> foxes <laughs> or, follow you around. Yeah, the, the foxes. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Great show, great mm -hmm. show, great um, show. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess speaking of priests and preachers and also art in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, welcome back, everyone, to part three of our long tour on Protestants and Catholics. Mm -hmm. Super excited to keep this moving. Lots to cover. Very, oh man, so much history about we've got, we've gotten to the We've gotten to the third installation in this exhibit. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's a special number. Special right? number. Holy Trinity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One, two, three. Um, but we're doing more than three. We are doing more than three, most likely, yeah. So, okay. Uh, that, well, that we, does... we screwed that up right off the bat. <laughs> well, you know what they say, right? Uh, three's a crowd, so... Or at least that's I mean, what Tommy I, Wiseau I remember, said. I remember Tommy Wiseau <laughs> saying so... it. Three's a, three's a crowd, then the... <laughs> All right. I'm ready. When's the Tom... When does Tommy Wiseau's character show up in this story, do you think? What biblical character? I, I we've had this conversation before. I know it. Like, <laughs> what biblical character would Tommy Wiseau play if they made? And I feel like I feel like the easy answer is Samson. Oh um, yeah, I, I was thinking. You know, he's, possibly... he's mus he's muscular. He's got the long hair. Uh, he seems like he would say weird riddles like Samson does. <laughs> I can Something see it. I sweet. Can see it. I take the honey from the dead lion. Yeah, I think this works. I mean, maybe this. Oh, man, we got to get on this production, man. We got a lot of movies mm -hmm. to make, but I feel like he we, would be a good casting. I feel for like that. we could we could convince Tommy Wiseau to play a Christ-like figure. He's done. Oh it my before. god! Yeah, he, he has done it before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody uh, betray me. <laughs> oh just, my god! Could you see that scene where instead of everybody <laughs> betray him? One of you, you will, will betray me. Are you suggesting Tommy Wiseau would be Jesus? He would be the Christ figure. I, mm, I, I, I think he has enough of a complex that he thinks there's he's, potential there. There's potential. Yeah, there. it would be a very different kind of Jesus. I mean, what different Jesus, just like a different Batman. We got different Jesuses <laughs> being played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can mean, see it. I can see it. Well, remember that period in the '90s where uh, not only was everyone in America really obsessed with angels, but also mm, Nicolas yeah. Cage was a sex symbol, and he was he was in that movie <laughs> where he's a fallen angel, and they're like acting like he's this beautiful ethereal creature. And it's just <laughs> Nicolas Cage. 
not that he's <laughs> not a handsome man. Right, right. But it's, he's not it's, an, it's Nicolas Cage. It's, yeah. He's, he's if he was a just a man. guy that you saw on the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've, one of you will betray me. <laughs> we have to. Oh, I can't do the Nicolas Cage impression, though. I haven't heard his voice in so long. But mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, he, there would be a subplot to go find the Declaration of Independence somewhere in that story, no matter what. Um, Maybe he could be Moses. Nick, Nick Cage could be Moses. Nick, Nick Cage could be Moses. I could see it. Only in if he does the um, that thing where instead of him reciting the entire alphabet, mm, he's mm, like, mm, mm. The commandments! One, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight, nine, ten! That's all you have to do! <laughs> he's just losing his mind on top of the mountains, and everyone's like, oh god, he's going insane. I mean, that kind of, that works. would be, that works. would be a, that would work. It would work. So mm-hmm. this is so we're this is a great movie we're casting right absolutely, now. But what does this have? What what about our exhibit that we have set up for today? Yeah, I think we can roll in here uh, to mm-hmm. the start of our exhibit, which really is going to be covering art in particular and that of the differences between Protestant art and the appreciation or different appreciation of it, and mm. paired beside. Catholic art, which has been at this point in the 1500s already well developed and continuing mm-hmm. on forward, and the different responses both religions will have in regard to art's role during the Reformation. Mm-hmm. Because there is a huge difference here that gets thrown around a bit, but I think we can focus on it more specifically rather than necessarily uh, covering a lot of the politics and conflict and other things that are going on since we also talked about that in our last tour. Now, speaking Mm -hmm. of that with our last tour, talking about the Calvinists and the Huguenots, um, really at this point in the 1540s, art is becoming, in in Europe, I should say, art in Europe Mm -hmm. is splitting and going in vastly different directions. Mm -hmm. Catholicism during the Renaissance and even early Renaissance and before early Christian mm-hmm. art is still focused, is focused primarily on biblical stories. It's, you know, for, and simplifying this down, it really is just like fan art. Um, mm-hmm. But that's done really, really well. And also really interesting mm-hmm. in general. So mo- and most of the artworks are being um, funded by either the church or being fu- in, in, in Catholicism. This is at the time. So, pre-reformation mm-hmm. being funded by the church or patrons yeah. and other noble families and then post reformation it'll continue that way in catholicism and then as we as Zan, you were even mentioning last week on our tour you know that there's going to be different takes in art in the netherlands and germany and mm-hmm. in northern europe um but one such event that we wanted to focus on today to start this conversation is what we've become to known as iconoclasm which starts after the reformation in wittenberg germany and spreads all throughout europe and although it's mostly focused in um and and it is mostly focused in the netherlands zurich and switzerland and germany in particular Mm -hmm. uh, amongst other places too but mostly northern europe so interestingly enough though this actually um well i guess we should probably clarify you know what this is Mm mm-hmm um, and essentially, you know, in, in summing it up, it is the removal of 
in this case, religious imagery or any imagery in general, mm-hmm. and also then graven imagery. Graven, yeah. Thank you. Do Do you actually have a a more specific example of it? Um. Yeah. I. I mean, to because I. I think people. I think people hear the word graven and they associate it with the word grave. You know, right? Something dark and everything. Graven is more of a a a literal representation of something in in gotcha. the case of religion graven imagery you know this is what we we see to uh to to some extent in a lot of islamic and uh jewish art especially at the time mm-hmm. where um there's there's much more emphasis put on the idea that God is the one who is supposed to be creating things and that or supposed to, and that 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 a human uh approximation of something is a, a poor imitation and is not respecting uh God properly and especially right. like the idea of having an image of God having an image of holy figures um, because obviously there's there's tons of representational decorative arts in uh, Judaism and Islam, um, but they ne- neither were uh, particularly literal or had as yes. much art doing hyper realistic mm-hmm. representations of biblical events and biblical figures the way that uh the the catholics were right graven graven imagery it i think stems from you know essentially the it it goes back to to exodus it goes back to the Mm -hmm. ten commandments it goes back to uh smashing the golden calf the idea of a literal representation of god or faith is misleading because it could oversimplify something you could mistake your praise of god however you chose to represent god in 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 a way even if you were worshiping venerating an image of him Mm -hmm. the worry is that you're worshiping the image and not the Mm -hmm. more complicated idea of him to some extent i I think it's it's the deeper understanding of not of of in Judaism not saying God's name if you are uh if you are observant or orthodox you know that you that there there are placeholders for God's name you do not say it because it's it's too sacred mm. on 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 this the surface level but on the God's other name. hand it seems limiting when you mm. suddenly put human representation onto this idea that t- to those people at that time was so expansive and so encompassing and couldn't be any one thing. The idea of writing down four letters and that's the name of God is uh, it, it, it to, to a lot of people. It's it's just it's not enough. So right. there is there there's probably a a deliberate uh direction of anger towards mm. the 
the symbolisms and and the graven imagery, the sort of idea of the false decadence of Catholicism and other representational uh, uh, traditions. Mm-hmm. I can understand that, but I think from a theological perspective, that is more of the direction of that. That is that is what the what the what the what their philosophy is pushing. Yeah. Um, but it does lead to the destruction of a, of a lot of art or the replacing of a lot of art. It's one of the things that still is a question, um, to conservators. I believe they, they kind of have a middle ground, but it's a big problem with a philosophical problem with the conservation of the Hagia Sophia in Constantinople. Mm. Um, right. Now, now Istanbul, Mm -hmm. um, where originally, you know, uh, orthodox church so it would have been filled with mosaics uh showing biblical scenes then you know once it's captured by the ottomans uh becoming a mosque and those mosaics covered up Mm. and as it ages and the plaster flakes off revealing the mosaics underneath what do you preserve as a conservator Right. Uh, yeah, what 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 is what is your your duty to? Because mm. they are both important histories to that region. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's. Uh, I think. I think the current philosophy they have. This may change. I don't know. Uh, at least the last time I was in class was they are going to maintain what they have, but as the plaster falls away as the whitewash falls away, they will not replace it. Interesting. Interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is such a fascinating concept and philosophy that I feel like is very uh, nuanced, Mm -hmm. for sure, and can get very bad very quickly. I mean, you know, the the term iconoclast, too, just we, we, it comes up a lot, especially when discussing removal of things. Or yeah. and and more contemporary times too, how to deal with the past, mm-hmm. in particular, and but but here as well, you know, it's and and thank you also for putting this into such very um to, for explaining this really well. I think in that way mm-hmm. too, and contextualizing it because it's important to note that it is they are following that vein, you know. Of yeah, the, this uh, is that they are pointing to the Old Testament and. As we were discussing last week, they're looking for a quote-unquote more pure type of Christianity. Right, exactly. It's it's that puritanical look to it, and also finding that how can you how can how can humanity represent God mm-hmm. or Jesus or you know or Christ in this mm-hmm. case or Mary, you know, all these figures that are written in such a holy text in a visual way and doing an injustice now. Mm-hmm. Because of that mentality too, and that that rise to this idea in the Reformation, it, it's it's mm-hmm. also not across the board. But we'll get there in a second. <laughs> across, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, see, <laughs> accidental puns. Um, but you know, it, it, the violent depictions of iconoclasm throughout Europe, it's it's mostly pinned on the actions of one such reformer named Huldrych Zwingli. Zwingli, mm-hmm. Zwei, Zwingli. I don't, he's Swiss, so. Um, but anyways, so 
He led his followers in Zurich, Switzerland, on a riot of reforming and removing images around the city after his debates mm-hmm. regarding the use of the images got uh, pretty heated. So mm-hmm. that did not end well. It ended in a lot of aggression and just violence altogether. But, yes. um, and according to a historian and author, uh, Peter George Wallace, and quoted by saying, Zwingli responded with a carefully reasoned treatise that men could not live in society without laws and constraint. The main iconoclasm then, con- uh, so the main iconoclasm conflicts took place in the following cities and years, because this just happens sporadically. Uh, so you had mm-hmm. it happened in Zurich, 1523, Basel in 1529, Copenhagen in 1530, Munster in 1534, Geneva in 1535, Scotland in 1559, Rouen in 1560, and Sens and La Rochelle in 1562. And we're bringing it back for Iconoclasm (laughs) 44. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Iconomania! Oh my gosh, cue the music. Uh (laughs) We're bringing it back. (laughs) Bring it back. 2023. Um. <laughs> oh God. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Don't, hopefully not. Don't, Please don't. Don't, no. don't bring that on us. No. So, you know, Calvinist instances of iconoclasm also provoked reactive mobs in Germany, and they were responsible too for antagonizing a lot of um Baltic East Orthodox religion or regions and religions as well. Mm-hmm. So you you see a lot of push here that it's not necessarily just like like it's it's. There's a lot of conflicting opinions, and they're getting well, mad about yeah, it. Well, which... yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure they 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 wanted any reason to yeah yeah, to yeah. oh yeah the Slavs, you know yeah yeah they, so they, they they do that yeah yeah it's not great as you know, mm-hmm. violent and again this also is is taking place at the same time that we were discussing the Huguenot story last yeah. tour, which is also at the same time that you know, 30 years war and all of these conflicts are happening. So there's just generally a lot of violence. Um, Mm -hmm. But this also spread, so this spread throughout Northern Europe and even to uh, England under Henry VIII in his reform, which is a whole crazy story we'll have to cover at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. It's briefly talked about, and you can see it in some of our images here, but we're not going to go over it too much into detail. Did you have to read Mary Bloody Mary in middle school? I did not. Hmm. Yeah. Is that worth for it? For some reason, that was for some reason that was a part of our curriculum. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hmm. And it, it basically being the story of uh Henry VIII's daughter Mary, uh the the daughter of uh, Catherine of Aragon before mm-hmm. Henry uh wants to divorce her for Anne Boleyn, uh and. Mary clinging to Mary getting her name for, you know, uh, trying really hard to maintain Catholicism in Mm. Britain and killing a bunch of people (laughs) for it. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Yeah, Well, Mm -hmm. that that, it it is still wild to me that they're very um, Uh, ardent on Catholicism when we were talking about the Vikings and that switched pretty quickly. Yeah. But eh, I just re- I just related to it at the time because I was like, huh, my parents are also getting a divorce. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! 
But hey, oh. a lot fewer people uh, died. Well, that's good, I guess, right? <laughs> that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as we've also been discussing in our previously in our previous two parts on this very long extended tour, not all these reforms, these Protestant reforms, are the same. And in fact, they all kind of disagree with each other towards the end. So, mm. you know, and that brings its own issues to the table, which we'll see much later. But uh, the topic of images is also one that's really heavily debated. And mm-hmm. Lutherans, specifically even Martin Luther, uh, have no real issue with imagery, surprisingly enough. Um, and e- Luther's actually quoted in saying, If it is not a sin but good to have the image of Christ in my heart, why should it be a sin to have it in my eyes? Mm, thank you. Thank you, Marty. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. You know, I, 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 I'm just, I'm just, just, I'm sitting here. It's very cold in mm. Germany. It's very cold. I'm wearing my big mitts. <laughs> I like to think he would have, uh, he would have uh, uh, snow mitts for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I know I said that he wasn't gonna make, he wasn't gonna be back in our tours, but uh, spoiler surprise, he is for this specific section. Can't seem to get rid of this Luther guy. I have come, I am asking once again. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the 99% of the 1%, the 95 theses. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so this was a, this the interpretation was a direct contrast of both Zwingli's ideals and even the iconoclasm being pursued by Calvinists and other um, different Protestant sects. This is a very... I'm I'm surprised at how kind of like neutral it is in this case, Mm. but I think we should we can let this quote, um, you know, written by a Lutheran scholar Jeremiah Ohl, but in describing Luther's writings about visions from the Bible. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is coming from Luther's words here, getting into the reasons why. I am not of the opinion. Oh, I guess yeah. I am not of the opinion that through the gospel all the arts should be banished and driven away, as some zealots would want you to believe, as some people would want you to believe. But I wish to see them, especially music, in service of him who gave and created them. I have myself heard those who oppose those who oppose the pictures, my good colleagues, <laughs> read from my German Bible. But this contains many pictures of God, of the angels, of men, and of animals, especially of the revelation of St. John in the book of Moses and in the book of Joshua. We therefore kindly beg these fanatics to permit us to step down from the capital. (laughs) (laughs) Also, to paint these pictures on the wall, that they may be remembered and better understood inasmuch as they harm as little on the walls as in the books. Would to God that I could persuade those who could afford it to paint the whole Bible on their houses inside and out, so that all might see this who would indeed be a Christian work, who for, for I am convinced this is God's will that we should hear and learn what he has done, especially what Christ suffered, but when I hear these things and meditate upon them, I find it impossible not to picture them hanging on a cross that rises up in my heart. 
just as I see my natural face reflected when I look in the water. Now, is not sinful for me to have Christ's picture in my heart? Why should it be sinful mm. to have him before my eyes? Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But 99% want... <laughs> Should be ninety nine percent of the Bible. I'm asking you once again. Okay, I'm sorry. No, thank Woo. you for that. That was wow. <laughs> thank you, thank you again. Is that the longest that I've been that able was, to maintain? Yeah, man. Yeah, you held that well. That was great. I mean, thank you for giving us this performance here. Definitely part of our interactive exhibit, as we like to bring at the UCM. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I think this also speaks to Luther. Um. It's the confusion about Luther. It's like you can understand, you because you can look at stuff like this and you feel like he was more of like this moderate figure who like just wanted a a a a Christianity that could that could do away with the 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 corruption of the Catholic Church. Right. But could still enjoy all of these other things, not sort of realizing the thing that he had set in motion. Exactly, yeah. Like, even from what I've read about the the Jewish perspective on Luther is at first he was very popular with a lot of Jews because he spoke out against, um, you know, uh, certain acts of anti-Semitism. And and so he he was popular, but then, you know, had to, like, uh write more to kind of like uh solidify his stance that like hey you jews though i want people to stop killing you but you need to get with the picture here and convert oh uh, yeah you I know yeah so i think you're you're seeing like sort of that the and i and i guess this does track with sort of our contemporary idea of moderates yeah but but you do understand that he is he's 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 kind of being he's you know he went to law school he's he's trying to play to the middle yeah trying to be diplomatic in that way yeah but it it is interesting right like you see that it's like the figure that starts this whole thing in motion i think didn't really expect it to be that drastic like it's trying to remove the corruption but Mm -hmm being also product of their time and uh yes. full of their own issues i'm sure too mm-hmm. so you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's they're i don't think we can look at him as like it's it's one of those cases like we've even talked about right where it's looking at these important figures with mm-hmm. nuance to understand yeah. their role in these situations but mm-hmm. not, not but but also in this case understanding that kind of the complicated problem yeah because, but 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 i mean it's what he's doing he's saying this this and this this isn't in the bible so why right. are we doing this for the church and right so what exactly. people are doing with their fresh bibles right off that gutenberg press Got it right off the press they're yeah. reading it and they're like hey wait a second half of this shit isn't in here exactly exactly you know? and that is that's the that's the monster that gets set in motion and yeah. kind of similar to what we were talking about on the first tour um because you kind of with 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 the 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 hannah arendt the 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 sudden sort of picking apart of something as its power is waning is really when people get angry about something as soon as they perceive it 
as not having a function. That's when they go after it. And I think that that we're going to see more of this 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 stuff that has a veneer of practicality to it that mm-hmm. I think is you see in a lot of Protestant ideas, especially when it comes to like what's worth your time on this earth. You know, what, right, right. What are, what are the worthwhile pursuits? We want to cut away the fat and we just want to do things that are practical and have purpose. And that sounds great until you realize it's kind of set us down a path that kind of leads to where we are now, where yeah, yeah. Um, any anything that anything that doesn't serve a purpose in American society is look down upon in a lot of ways it has to be everything has to be justified in its own existence exactly and that's where it it ties so well into capitalism or capitalism ties so well into Mm -hmm. this idea too honestly because it comes Mm -hmm. much later there's a lot of reverberations and we're gonna have a whole tour talking about those reverberations because this is really yeah we're at a crux here in the 1500s you know right in the middle towards the 1600s where a crossroads, Did, a cro- if you will. Uh, yeah, a crucifix, even. Let's just get, let's get the fat right to the point, Zan. <laughs> Turn the fat. But um, you know, th- this idea takes itself into many different directions, and again, it's it's you know we've talked about this a bunch, but it's one scholar translate or scholars translating things and theologians and then moving to the regular people and then regular people using it as a way of then gaining different power inside. And then you get into cults eventually. And then it's mm-hmm. just this very weird and strange history of 300 plus years of yeah. people figuring out you can sell this and it works. Yeah. And now we have, these people in power, and it's a mess. So do you get what I'm saying? Like, it, it, a lot of this ties back here, which is why we're talking so about it. So what you're it, saying but... is we need to give back global control to the Catholic Church. No, uh, well, ah, no, I don't think it's a good <laughs> idea. Because it's like, well, let's... Because, yeah. Joe, we're dealing, we, we, we have to have extreme ideas. Always be in a binary ideas. It's this or that. <laughs> Nothing uh-huh. else in between. You have to have this or that, and that's it. I mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, I yeah. no to, but, to quote yeah. to quote Tom Lehrer. There are people out there who do not love their fellow man, and I hate people like that. <laughs> exactly, that is kind of the mentality here, though. I mm-hmm. because it's also the same thing. Like you know, at this point, and then even further on, colonization is starting, and mm-hmm. that's happening on both ends. You know, because as much as we you know we look at the 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 Protestants or the Puritans moving into North America and starting what they do. We also have mm-hmm. the Spanish and Portuguese moving into South America and right. starting their conversion quest, which yeah. isn't great. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of pretty horrible it's, stuff happening on well, both ends. Yeah, I and it's really difficult sometimes for me to entirely understand because they're there there's obviously the 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 enslaved the attempted enslavement of the indigenous peoples but really you know the 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 majority of the slaves coming from africa yeah um but there's still like within spanish colonies there would be uh occasionally in in florida in particular outside of saint augustine and it's kind of only come to light archaeologically recently but there there was at least a couple of instances of towns established by 
uh, freed slaves and slave revolts and sort of the idea that if you climb the ladder of Catholicism, you can you can uh, suddenly use that faith as as some kind of equalizer as well yeah yeah that 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 the spanish had this idea that yeah we're doing all this stuff but once once all these heathens convert then but it's fine yeah then you then you become kind of one of us and then Uh we'll invent racism but yeah like yeah that's that's the interesting thing here though is that mm-hmm. Catholicism's unified across all bounds so it's always tying back to one place one religion that we're now all sharing mm-hmm. different protestant faiths are all different oh yeah no and you that have, causes you, conflict you can, you can you have every right to deeply hate the person a town away and in that sense you really get you 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 once you understand that you understand new england yeah, exactly. Or just America in general. <laughs> like it is that. That yeah. is the product of it. But I I mean without without I think pivoting a bit back towards art because we'll talk mm-hmm. we're going to talk in detail about America and what happens in specifically because this is a really important mm-hmm. I mean really the new world in general America is the trial of that. It's setting up a country yeah. filled with protestant ideals and moving forward that way and i mean right. there's some catholic stuff that comes in but not much and you i got, mean you, you got you got maryland sure i mean you get the, the i guess oh wait do you mean because <laughs> of the catholics yeah oh, okay i wanted to make sure I was, yeah i mean maryland is fine not very original bit on the nose but you know they're, um, they're, they're they're crab licks what Oh, because the crabs? Because <laughs> the crabs? <laughs> oh my god, Catholic crabs. I'm just, I, I I want to imagine that, you know, there's just a, you know, you go into the church and the, the rose crab window po- is, is a big crab. Yes! Oh my gosh, it's a stained yeah. glass. The arch the Archbishop of uh, Baltimore is just a crab. <laughs> He's just a crab with the Pope hat? <laughs> or the Bishop hat, I guess. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. it's perfect. Um, You're like, uh, what? How? How say you? What? What? What shall we tell the flock? Just clicking noises. Yes, <laughs> snapping. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Oh my gosh! If you're from Baltimore, uh, let us know. <laughs> or from, mm-hmm, from... Mm-hmm. shout out to our friends at Micah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I also wanted to talk a little bit too regarding this. That you know, when when we're even speaking about art it's important to note that pre-literacy in Europe mm-hmm. and pre-printing press, a lot of these ideas are being conveyed visually through mm-hmm. visual arts. And that's yeah. really the important part of selling the message. That's really why Catholicism is investing so much in art. I mean, at yeah, a, that, you know, that, that is really why they're investing so much mm-hmm. money and time and all these things into it. Also in appreciation, but there is something to be said about an image saying more than words in many cases. Absolutely. And it also follows why a lot of those paintings do not read left to right as a story a lot of right. times the, the 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 bible story you'll see represented there does not follow in a way that you would read text because the the audience looking at it would would not know how to read they, they that yeah. would not um occur to them exactly to read it that exactly. way right it's just not part of the of society at that point again european mm-hmm. society at least i mean it's it doesn't 
it wouldn't make sense. It has to, everything has to be translated visually. Mm-hmm. Um, and now as we go into this next room here, I want it, uh, we have a few of these on loan and some of them are copies because it would be impossible to get them on loan. Um, but there are two points in time that are happening at the same point as this reformation that I really wanted to talk about here towards the latter part of our tour. That being the Mannerist period in art history and in Europe, as well as the High Renaissance period first. Then we're going to talk about Baroque. This is really a, a, a good description or a good visual description of uh, Catholicism just doubling down on weirdness and going, mm. you know what? We're just going to keep making cool art and also just get a little strange with it and fund it anyway. Uh, and do, again, pretty awful things as well. But this is happening around, you know, the it's basically 1520 to 1600. So this is right mm. around iconoclasm. This is the Mannerist period specifically. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I describe some of these paintings, we're looking at a few here and, you know, feel free to take your time and look at them in depth. But we have first, we have Parmigiani, Parmigiani, you know, Parmesan Reggiano. Y- yeah. <laughs> Parmigiani, it's still not right, but he's, it's a long Italian name. Parmigianino? Yeah, Parmigianino's Madonna and the Long Neck, mm. Rosso Fiorentino's Volterra Disposition, Pantormo's Carmigiano Visitation, Giambologna's Sculpture of Samson Slaying a Philistine, and St. Mark's Body Brought to Venice by Tintoretto. I just realized I yeah. switched the order was... of the way I was reading these, but it's mm. fine. I was gonna get some John Bologna for the table. Uh, did did you want <laughs> did you want something else? I think I'll do, my entree. I'll definitely do the uh, Pan Tormo's uh, Parmigiano. Right, I'm definitely getting for that Parmigiano right or par, Parmigiano Parma, chicken Parmigiano. Yeah, to drink we'll definitely have the Rosso Fiorentino. Mm, that's definitely got to be a wine label. That I mean, definitely he, is. He did have beard. a red beard, so it makes sense. Um, at mm. least if I remember correctly, you don't see many ginger Italians. Yeah, I've seen a bunch. Some of them are my friends. It does happen. <laughs> it's because of the Austrians and then the uh, Scots, the, the Lombards. Yeah, it's a whole mess. Um, but yeah, so these are just some examples here of 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 paintings that really played with this style and. In particular, I want to take our attention to uh, Parmigiani Nino's Madonna with the Long Neck, because mm-hmm. this is a very clear example of what the hell is going on in this painting. And, you know, it, it, you know, feel free again to just take a moment and go uh, look it up. But what we'll, we'll, maybe it's we'll best think. if you look, if you turn your body to the side and then crane your neck. Yeah, that'll do it. it. Exactly, exactly. But, it, you know... What we're looking at here is a, a version of Mary that is not in proportion at all. Super long neck, very just large torso and legs, uh, holding a Christ figure that is large for his size and um, in, a, in a Pieta-like setting. Another unrealistic expectation for women. Exactly. Exactly. There's also a small man pointing, which kind of reminds me of Krunk from Krunk's New Groove. Um, or just, <laughs> from fun. Krunk's New Groove? Yeah. Not even... No, not even the first New Groove. 
Kronks. That's definitely not a mistake that I just said and forgot about the Empress New Groove being the main version of that. It's fine. <laughs> um, and the pillar in the background, as long as well as the entourage that's peeking outside of the curtain. But you can kind of see a Protestant being mad at this, right? Like you can see somebody immediately being like, "This is distasteful and terrible." Hmm. I mean, my neck just hurts looking at it. I don't I know. know if I have it a is... moral objection to it. It is just wacky. But again, I, I just wanted to use this as an example because this is showing that pushing the... What was the perfect, right? Like, mm. if you have Michelangelo's over-the-top, you know, anatomically-looking figures yeah. or even, like, Da Vinci's work and, and mm -hmm. you know, all these other artists working that we would see as the more idealistic version of these biblical figures now you're getting a more artistically free interpretation that's exploring visual language in this way and mm -hmm. i think that's what's so exciting about the mannerists because there is that push and pull like even pontormo's um you know carmigiano visitation i've seen this painting it's in a it's in a church and it's mm. in its like just original place, and it's amazing. I it's like probably my favorite painting, and it's all it's the flat colors get me, and the way that it's done, yeah. and this just very odd position and composition. But you know, again, it's it's moving away a bit from that original kind of high Renaissance and even early Renaissance yeah. look, and going. I don't know. It's getting more in extreme. Yeah, I mean, I could almost. I I don't know enough about this, but. Could you imagine that people are making this as a response mm. to the iconoclast criticism where they want to say, no, you don't understand. This is another world that we're yeah. conjuring with our art. This is mm. this is not our world. This is this this plane of um of of, of biblical uh ideas and imagination you know that this is that that, that there's there's a it's a it's a soft rebuttal to the iconoclasm yeah. i i i think so i think that's a really good way of looking at it because it, it's it's very clear that there is this at least at the moment that there is mm -hmm. this um this push away from that, right? That it mm -hmm. is like, you know, hey, this is visual art. There's a different yes. thing happening here. It's not a one-to-one -one because, again, that it, it, you know, Catholics aren't looking at the Bible as a one-to-one -one translation of God, but mm. the Protestants are. And if you stick in that binary of one-to-one, -one, right, where everything mm -hmm. in the Bible has to be historically accurate and it has to be true, yeah, your visual language and the imagination that's going to come out of that's probably not going to be as uh, free in this case. Right. But then, of, of course, you know, there is the switch there. Um, but this is like an early, you know, these are the early interpretations that we're getting moving that way. But then, you know, again, these are also being funded by yes. church and patrons who I'm sure are aware of what's going on and are also just being like, you know what, we're just going to keep going with this and, and doubling down. Mm -hmm. And they do, um, yeah. especially as we get to the 1600s with the Baroque period. Mm -hmm. And that's when things get intense and the artwork becomes even more crazy. It's one of my favorite art historical movements, I have to say. But 
that I think, you know, that's even when you see the Vatican just starting to be filled with the most luxurious artworks, artifacts, and things that mm-hmm. could be afforded mm-hmm. at the time. You know, the commissioning of St. Peter, Peter's Basilicas and the interior of it specifically is already just, oh my gosh, amazing of a feature. Mm-hmm. And it, it is kind of, you know what it is? It is the, it's the epitome of the Catholics saying, fuck your modesty, we ball. <laughs> And I honestly believe that one of them said that because there's no, that is the mood where it is yeah. just like, because have you been to St. Peter's? I have not. Uh, I think in both of my trips to Rome, mm. I think we had such little time to be there. It it just, it just, the schedule could not allow okay. for, for it. Right. We're going to have to go together at some point. Also, because of your mm. last name, I feel like it'll be fun. But mm. um, it is <laughs> it is probably one of the first times I've walked into somewhere like that and actually gasped, like, out uh-huh. loud. And I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't really get visceral rela- reactions that much from things. But I walking into those doors in the Vatican, going to the, to the uh, Basilica, and mm-hmm. you just open it, and it's just gold. Everything's in gold. And... Wow. All the paint, this is how expensive this place is. All the paintings that you see that are huge, by the way, are all made up of mosaics Mm. because they can. Just because, because it's expensive and that's how they want to do it. This is, you know what? Okay, we we need to bring back indulgences so that (laughs) we can fund the arts and fuck it, fund NASA too. Yeah, why not? Exactly. (laughs) We, Joe, this is the problem. This is the problem. We just don't, don't, don't tell, don't tell everybody else. Just tell the rich people about indulgences. Rich people Mm, spend money on dumb stuff. We can fully fund everything. Just tell them we're saving their souls. Yeah, we can just. And kind of, we are. I mean, we kind of are. We can just sell them monkey pictures and it'll be fine. And they'll fund uh, the arts again. (laughs) That's if NFTs would have been, like, done in a good way. Um, uh, mm. Yeah, I mean, but honestly, though, that's kind of what's happening. I, I I mean, there are people starving, I feel like, and, you know, this did cost a lot, and people were taxed. But, there's some, you know, art's pretty great. I gotta admit, the art's really yeah, nice. The art's, yeah. But, but yeah, like, St. Peter's is, is just, it's gorgeous. And, I mean, it is also topped with Bernini... Bernini's sculpture of the St. Peter's Baldachin, which is the craziest looking sculpture. Like it is just it the, the it is the most baroque sculpture mm-hmm. unnecessary thing I can think of when describing the baroque period here because mm-hmm. the columns are curved, the features of it doesn't really make sense. It's basically so the pope can hang out under it and do mass. Um mm-hmm. also under a golden ceiling. I mean this is like straight out of Dark Souls or something. It's pretty amazing. But yeah, again, very much a middle finger to the iconoclasm and the idea of then yeah. of modesty. This is not modesty under God. This is right. like this is the gemstones, right? This is and and weirdly yes. enough, that's you see that like televangelist idea go that way. So right. interesting, but it is and it's very much it's indulging and and living life and spending money to celebrate God, but also to live in luxury, which can be positive right. or negative depending on how you look at it well imagine you walked into this place and you're an everyday person that doesn't think about mm-hmm. um economic theory mm-hmm. just like me if if, <laughs> if you if you walk in there 
And you see this back in its time, in its mm. day. There can be no doubt. Oh, yeah. That this is the power of God that has that has brought this, that has inspired the architects and the artists to do this, that has brought together everyone to construct this. And if you're if you're not, uh, you know, conditioned like the the Protestants at the time to see this as unnecessary, wasteful decadence, you're mm-hmm. looking at um you're look you're looking at all just almost the proof of god by yeah. just how such a thing could even exist and i feel like cuz cuz in the united states the the whitewashed uh you know protestant chapel is kind of a fixture of the landscape and that right itself is a reference to christopher wren um at least in in the in the on the east coast of the u.s particularly the northeast but those 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 old protestant chapels that all kind of look the same are modeled after the british churches that christopher wren built after uh uh one of the fires but i I think the great fire of london Mm. and you know, that's one of those things that is this double-edged sword where right. you find this efficient design that meets the community's needs and is easy to build and replicate. But as soon as you identify the most efficient way to do something and you're trying to take be, on yeah. a large-scale project, you're just going to do the one thing and suddenly exactly. you have homogeny. And Yep. In a lot of ways, you could tie the white cube gallery, minimalism, uh, just whitewashed interior spaces, the removal of decorative arts in yeah. American culture. You could trace all of this to this idea that we don't need all of this other stuff. And to some extent, they're right. You know, why do you need a golden ceiling to 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 worship this was even a you know i i I think even there's there's an interview with uh tupac talking about like you know these big fancy churches in the city you know what makes them so special you know and how do they serve the community they have these big beautiful buildings how is that helping anyone and that's especially from his perspective that is a totally valid criticism of something that is supposedly there for the community Mm. now the the thing that this has done is remove so much that we so much of the color from life because it is deemed unnecessary and frivolous right Um, it is really hard to justify arts to americans in general decorative arts especially oh yeah i i think i think minimalism and and that type of that type of aesthetic works really well when you have something to contrast it to the problem is because it's easier to make that's what people are going to manufacture on a large scale that is the the that is the types of things that people are people are going to mass produce Mm. uh to to 
yeah. uh, for for a consumer culture. Right, right. It it makes me think back to a another painter. This one from uh, you know the Dutch, particularly. So he's you know responding to to Calvinism is uh, Peter Sonderdijk. Um, Sonderdijk was uh, uh, based on some accounts was short possibly had a hunchback was was possibly a dwarf um we we don't know there's there's not many images of him um but we have his his he was a very prolific painter and draftsman and extremely talented and actually one of my favorite uh dutch paint dutch baroque painters uh he's uh his life is between uh 1597 and 1665 um and if you look at his paintings, they are all most entirely interiors of these whitewashed cathedrals. So hmm. he is sitting inside of these Gothic and Romanesque churches that are just absolutely enormous. And their interiors have been entirely painted white. And in one sense, you are getting the feeling of a short because the, the 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 geometry on it is not entirely perfect um right. it's it's not it's not perfect to visual experience i should say it's not the obsession of everything lining up the way the italians would do it with with his work you get much more of the impression of looking up of craning your neck up and especially for him with a hunchback and being a short man he is really looking up gazing up at this space and you mm. truly get a sense of the veneration of that space of the spirituality there um and the other thing though it's very subtle in his work but you also get the impression that he is he is feeling something he is feeling the presence that you do not need all of these extra things to feel God. And yet I, the impression I, I have gotten is that he is also lamenting the loss that mm. it's also a profoundly empty space. Yeah. That the mosaics are covered up. The frescoes are covered up. Everything inside this church is just painted white. And there's, there's nothing to appreciate, but the architecture the, and the, and the people within it. And that's a that's that's a that's a powerful sentiment, possibly, that it's really the people that that make it happen. Um, and so when, when I when I look at work like that, you get the feeling that, oh, there's someone that understands this. There's someone that that has also faced this issue of there's all these things that we don't need. And yet mm. it feels empty life feels empty when they're taken away from us mm, um there's yeah. there there are virtues to minimalism as there are to maximalism but i think you can't choose to make the world one or the other um mm. because they both have issues just as they as they have virtues yeah and protestantism was in part a big component of the United States becoming a democracy 
the yeah. the idea that there that uh those puritan meeting houses would sort of compartmentalize people into different regions but bring them together in one space to uh make decisions for the community there's there there's a reason why there's all all of these thinkers that we still reference and reach for that are coming out of germany the netherlands later the united states there's there's a reason why people that questioned what you actually need to sustain a community mm, yeah. and it often you know leads to isolationist and nationalist tendencies and so then you suddenly are back to making an argument for the very internationalist nature of catholicism right it's 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 sort of a shame that those two philosophies had to pit themselves against each other and throw the world into where we are now where we feel no unity uh in 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 trying to find a balance to where we can maintain local uh autonomy and still have a global quest for uh for 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 uniting mankind you know it's yeah it would be nice it, it is as much as we don't want an underground cabal of uh of baby eating movie stars or whatever uh <laughs> like for a long time we we wanted the star trek future where the world is under one mostly benign government and we're pursuing the arts and sciences yeah i mean now but now it's that idea of the the freedom and the idea of independent and what does that even mean anymore because now it just means i can do whatever i want that doesn't benefit you and it's just the well, individual we've, we've, we've conflated freedom with idiotic individualism yeah individual exactly. individualism a, isn't bad collectivism no, exactly. isn't bad but we don't want we don't want uh the 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 extremes of those no, things and absolutely. and i think this is the difficulty in trying to present yourself as 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 a centrist or a moderate because that is not what that means in global politics no no not at all <laughs> so it's it's, you know, it's complicated language is complicated yeah, in this way yeah because then then you're just with a bunch of neoliberals that want yeah, to no, solve thanks. solve the world's problems with ecotourism great sounds amazing yeah, yeah no it, it, it is it's i you put it in such a good way because I, I really think that it does all connect back to this and it's a shame that i mean because i think also part of the problem is you know in in you have two religions and ideologies and ways of looking at life that are based in binary forces combating one another there can never be peace mm -hmm. there has to be violence or there has to yeah. be fear because if there isn't then what's the point so the like that mm -hmm. is both that's your common factor. If we're look, if you got anything out of these tours, that's the common thing between Catholics. I'm gonna say communists, Catholics and <laughs> Catholics and Protestants, is that they both still hold on to that binary good and evil 
ideology. It's not like Zen Buddhism or Buddhism where you are finding balance to then achieve an enlightenment or to to move forward in that way, right? Where one has to find a balance of sorts or in other religions as well. It's it's not really focused in that. That's why you get heaven and hell so strongly thrown at you. It's it's the whole right. thing that keeps the machine running. Without it, it would fall apart. Like if, mm-hmm. if there was a radical that came around and said, actually, you know, neither one really matters. We're all going to end up in purgatory most likely and then God will sort it out, maybe. Uh, or maybe not because it doesn't really matter. I think that would that would just never work. No one would buy into it, and and it would mm-hmm. collapse the religion if people did, because it just doesn't. It doesn't fit you, the you mold. Have to, you have to create some kind of incentive, some sort of line to draw, and say, you know, you are you are demonstrating some allegiance, and yeah, you know, it's like I I, I remember reading this uh, thing for for a class I was in about. Um, a uh some uh some young people from uh, a tribe in australia that wanted to take back up uh a scarification ritual and it, that I, I i wish i could remember what um what what tribe specifically this was but the um the the thrust of it being that now we have the scar of our culture taken away from us when we would prefer to have these scars that demonstrate our uh our belonging to this community and mm, our place right. in the world and i think it's it's it especially when it comes to a lot of traditional practices and stuff we want to be very careful when talking about um things that people do to to modify their bodies and you know how strict some of those things are in certain parts of the world i think for the most part we can be like hey female circumcision very bad yeah um but without trying to be condescending and or racist right um, exactly it's it's a it's a it's a difficult thing because you kind of people kind of long for some hard line that you can say no i am this this is me and i'm willing to go this far because if i if if the needle dips one way i have to commit to that to its yeah. uh, to to its extremes um and i i i think a lot of people want that inherently yeah i i would agree i don't i don't know what it means philosophically and i'm sure we're gonna have to work that out over years and years and years as we have been but i do think that there is that i i think just simply because it's that it's that safety as we've talked about and also the assurance of following that Mm -hmm. one thing it's it's very hard to be balanced honestly right like it's, it's it's you can't really play and this means something different entirely now too but Mm -hmm. it's like you can't have you can't really do a both sides or you can't have your cake and eat it too kind of situations in a lot of these Mm -hmm. things and it's it's not in a way where that can mean for other things but more like existentially and religiously or you know just just 
just understanding your a purpose in life. I mean, yeah. it's so complicated. And you could easily see why some grafted onto the idea of independence and individuality when it comes to talking to God. And you can see how that gets that goes in a very different direction, but then you can also see how one would want to cling, cling to the unification under God and the idea that mm-hmm. we are all part of this together, but mm-hmm. by doing that, other people will make decisions for me and I have to be okay with that and just go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even when I talked with my, and I bring this up a lot, and because mm-hmm. especially to, like, you know, I, I, I'm going to be pretentious for a minute, but our American friends, in particular when we're in Italy, since I am both, and I will use that, but um, both American and Italian for context. You know, my mom growing up in Italy would always tell me that it's... It, and we, we can't we, all be so lucky. Can't all be... No. I guess not. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> I... Uh, no, but but it's it's more just for the context in this in this case. But mm-hmm. like... Yes, yes. You know, my, my mom growing up in Italy would, was telling me that like recently, actually, we were talking about this, that, you know, when you go to church there for a holiday or you go to, I don't know, just to stop by or do an event or whatever, it's Mm -hmm. not really, it's not always for just people who are super religious. Mm -hmm. It's more community-based in many cases. You know, you're going to be a part of the community and you're spending time in this place. And also the churches are just gorgeous, to be fair. I mean, they're they're beautiful. But... You know, if you're going to church for Easter, many people there are not religious, but it's because it's so attached to tradition. And even with the different in Italy specifically, and I'm sure all throughout Europe, that there's all all different towns have different saints that then have different festivals. And, and it brings mm-hmm. up these different ways of connecting to a community, just like there's this happens with the Protestant churches, too, with the town meetings and such. Right. Like each yeah. one has a different purpose. But yeah. I think that that's also something important to remember that in Catholic countries, even today, mm-hmm. it's a part of the culture just as much as it could be a religion for someone. And in America in particular, in the U.S., we, we forget that. And I think it is because mm-hmm. of Protestantism and not in a, in a blaming way, just in an observant way, that there is this disconnect about the purpose of religion and faith and also it's tied to culture and I think that mm-hmm. what we've been even getting at here is that it's it, it seems like too because of the way the U.S. has been built that off of this Protestant ideals and off of these philosophies that it does seep into our culture. It just does it in ways that we wouldn't really think of, like minimalism or like the the attention to not consume. taking days off. Yeah, no days off, no breaks, no enjoyment of life. Always doing yeah. something, always having a purpose. Because if you're not having a purpose, you're not fulfilling that purpose, and you're not going to get into heaven. Yeah. And that you see that, and it opens a lot of questions, if, right? But, and, but, but yeah, but people believe that even if they don't believe in heaven, they believe that right. I have to, I have to have a purpose to what I'm doing. And I mean, it's it's a bizarre thing because it's not like our um, it's not like our art schools are run by uh, crazy reactionary right wingers. And yet, I feel like I encounter some of the most puritanical philosophy I have anywhere within hmm. uh, within the art schools occasionally. And we'll get more into this next week, I'm sure. But the idea of having to 
justify everything the the idea of um the idea of work the idea of how how much these these demonstrations of yourself are tied to your character and your respectability uh and and who you associate with i feel like that is that is so much more of a of a descendant of puritanism than yeah. than the guy on the street shouting jesus is lord when you come to right. cambridge maybe we'll have to do that because he's there every saturday we'll have to go see him we'll have oh, to go okay. see jesus guy jesus I, guy. I always thought that that was kind of sad that this guy that's his saturday is just yeah it, every week sitting on the sitting in harvard square that's his purpose i guess great lungs um <laughs> could have been a singer maybe but that that's that that's kind of just the feeling i get that there yeah that's a good point I I mean, because that's that's ultimately the thing about all of that stuff. It's why wouldn't you want a bunch of holidays where you're not supposed to work and you're supposed to be with your family? Because who wants to be with their family when you can make money, Zan, and be a billionaire like Elon Musk? Because that's how apparently everybody thinks. No, I'm I'm being generalized. <laughs> I'm generalizing, but it is weird. Like I have had conversations with people about that where they're like, "Can you believe Iceland uh is doing four day weekdays?" And it, or four day yeah four day work days and i'm like that sounds great oh yeah they don't know how to work and it's like <laughs> what do you mean i mean it's not about work not everything's about work i think but also we it, it's uh, it's not that you don't need to do work in life because life is work well, yeah yes 100 percent, 100 percent. but right. we don't need to be doing as much of it yeah and i think also, is the thing and i also <laughs> it's 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 a very it's a place of privilege to to be in love with what you do yes right like i think that that has to be in that discussion as well because like 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 making art is work that is fair but i think that both of us are lucky enough in the case of you know eventually if we get to be funny yeah no careers uh, yeah yeah you have your you have your side job no matter how bad of a day in the studio no matter how hard i work all day i understand it is not Mm -hmm. It is it is still my time and my labor, but it is not the same no, as yeah. uh, working long, thankless exactly. shifts in an Amazon warehouse or exactly. in a mine or yeah, yeah. It's it's different, and and there's that can also doesn't have to be in an artwork that can be applied to people who love their job, uh, working in you know uh, as mm-hmm. in I, I, what do people do for fun in jobs? Uh, I. <laughs> It's like what? What are, what are people we are, obsessed? With? We are so salt of the earth. What do people? What do people what do, do for people fun do in, the, in their jobs? I work in I work in academia. I don't know what people do for fun. I love my job. No, I like like I, I imagine someone that you know is is working in like computer science and enjoys the time coding constantly and I'm sure puts in lots and lots of hours for their company. Let's say just as an example of software engineer, just out of the blue, you know. I think, you know, if you like doing that and you're putting in lots of hours, I can see why there has to be a tie there between, well, I like my job, I love my job, and I want to work all the time. So therefore, of course, I don't want vacation days more. Of course, I don't want four-day work days. But that's rare, right? It's it's not, 
common necessarily because there's not that many jobs like that in terms of the mm-hmm. global scale of what has to be done mining warehouse running you know all these things that you were mentioning that are not that don't sound particularly fun i i mean let, let's just forget even at that time what what being a miner comprises of is dying early um or or in the mine so it's it's just it's it's tough. I think it's it's it's. Yeah. I think in the future, moving forward, we're gonna have to, hopefully, as as people start to be aware of these things and bring those who might not be as conscientious of it into the fold to say, you know, it's not. Hey, maybe enjoying your family and your life and your hobbies and your passions is important if you can do it, and that means we shouldn't mm-hmm. be forcing people to uh, work constantly so that we can enjoy our life and just ignore that you know and that goes for sweatshops and also overseas uh labor forces because that's a whole yes. other conversation but it is it's dark underbelly of the society man mm-hmm. and it's a problem but and i think this is also a good this is the historical lens when looking at the idea of capitalism is everything because mm-hmm. this sets the stage for that you know mm-hmm. this is a part of that and I mean, it does. It's greed. Let's be real. That is the main uh-huh. sin here. It's greed in many cases that ruin everything. But I think yeah. all of these are byproducts of that. Um, and it's and with the Protestant ideas and philosophies, it does start as that. Hey, it's a pretty good idea. You're getting out of a corrupt system. You're getting out of something that's not working and it's killing people and it's you know hurting people. So it starts mm-hmm. in this good way and just tangents because it has to and people get a hold of it and start to do what they want. And I I think that just is historically what happens in many cases. But yeah, I mean, even in the case of art, which we focused on with our part three today, it, it is it goes very much in that direction, too. And I think with Catholic luxury and decadence and over the top I mean, just like St. Peter's is, it is over the mm-hmm. top, to be fair. And, and even having been in some of the cathedrals in Munich, I forget what the main one was that I was in, but it is that white-walled, um, you know, look mm-hmm. to it, and you're humbled by the architecture. But there is something, there's something very spiritual about it, and there's something very absent about it, and I can't quite explain the feeling. But it, right. but if I well, were to, con- yeah. if I were to contrast it with being in St. Peter's, there's this sense mm-hmm. of human handling and mm. art artwork and and um what do you call that like uh, d- d- art, art craftsmanship yeah of the architecture and then craftsmanship of the imagery and of the feeling there and they're both very different but similar and i think that's where the harmonizing of minimalism maximalism you know a horror vacui versus a simplified version of something like yeah. or space just negative space in general right like really needing those to work together i feel like is always yeah. important yeah. And living on their yeah. own at times too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I I think there's there's something to be said for both of those philosophies, and for sure, I I know we're we're far from done uh, from talking about this topic as a whole, but I think this it's kind of uh, I think you summed that up very nicely as as oh, this next <laughs> as this latest installment on the mm. journey to. Uh, <laughs> The, the the even more bizarre history that we have ahead of us. Yeah, it's uh and this is just wrapping up really like the into the 1600s and then we're going to have to do some pretty speed walking when it comes to what this 
turns out, which I feel like mm-hmm. we've been hyping up and I feel like most people know, but it mm-hmm. is just like, it gets weird really quick, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like it just, it just does. It just does get really weird really fast. And, um, but I, I hope, I hope this brings some context, both in art, in philosophy and in history when looking at even the creation of America or the United States and also just what was going down in Europe during this time. But mm-hmm. yes, just as you said, Zan, we are not done, but we are done part three. Yeah. Oh, you, you hear that? You hear that in the distance? You hear what's oh, what? coming? Oh, what? oh God. <laughs> oh, no. God. Oh, God. <laughs> Youth <We're> chance. Gonna... <laughs> Christian rock. I, oh. have, I have a very weird story about some 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 christian uh music oh man we, i am excited. I, that we will get into i uh, am oh i can't wait to hear I'll, I'll have to maybe recount the story of how i almost got called or almost got convinced to go to youth group because i was into someone so we've all flirty fishing flirty fishing ads oh, at least it wasn't a cult i haven't been approached to join a cult yet but i definitely know people who have and they just don't realize yeah. it so I know people that I think want to be cult leaders, but don't quite have the <laughs> charisma. Mm. All right, we're gonna we're definitely gonna have to talk about that maybe then, yeah. and, um, maybe not yeah. in detail, of course. But uh, yes, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stay tuned for what's to come next. Um, but absolutely. But mm-hmm. yeah, thank you all so much for joining us here on our tour. Be sure to also look more in depth at these images. We didn't get to talk about some of these artists that are working at the time, but we'll just have to have another exhibit filled with them in particular. Cause I really want to talk about Artemisia Gentileschi and also one of my favorite artists, Elisabetta Serrani, who is working mm-hmm. at the time and is great. Oh, yes. And I love her work so much, but uh, yes. we'll, we'll have to talk about that when we talk about maybe the Baroque as an actual tour for yes. itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thank you so much for all the research and all the work you've been doing ah. for these exhibits. As I, uh, no as I worries, just drown man. It's in my thesis and thesis stuff. Hey, man, it's my pleasure. My TikTok for you page though is completely messed up, so they are listening. By the way, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's great. But no, it's 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 been a blast. This is something I've been wanting to do for a really long time. Um, so I'm really happy to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, thank you all so much for coming into the Uncanny County Museum today. Uh, if you'd like to visit the museum after hours, we are at Uncanny Museum on Twitter and at Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. Uh, yeah, we'll be posting uh, on there as usual. Uh, yeah. What have you got going on, Joe? I have some stuff happening in the in at the moment that's a bit on the down low. I don't know if I can reveal yet, but there's a potential mm-hmm. exhibition on the rise. It's going to be really ironic if it doesn't happen though. Um <laughs> uh, but so stay just look at my uh Instagram for any updates about that, which is at Josemino Art. Um there might be some music on the horizon too, debating on whether or not my album's going to drop eventually or if I'll just keep saying that for the rest of my life. So Definitely going to have to do something about that soon. So keep a lookout uh, there on the social media page, on the UCM's page for things happening. But lots going on, just still waiting in purgatory for it. Uh, but mm-hmm. Zan, what do you got going on? Uh, I'm awaiting the release of uh, Joseph, Joseph of Galilee. 
Joseph Galilee is that Joseph Galilee. Joseph of Joseph Galilee is Gal- not bad either, though. Joseph of Galilee sounds like an actual biblical figure, though. It does. There probably was one, though, if you think about it. <laughs> hmm. Probably. Yeah, we'll franchise um, it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I uh, I have my show uh, opening May 20th at yes. 5 p.m. at the Tufts Medford Gallery, and that'll be running through uh, till the end of May. And then watch out Hudson Valley. Here I come. I'll be moving there in June. Heck yeah. So yeah, hopefully uh, some additional stuff. Uh, That that has kind of taken up the most of my bandwidth at this point. But Mm. um, I am excited to announce that once my show is over, a lot of the work that was in it will be up for sale oh. on my website. I know some people have been asking me about that. I've been kind of keeping my shop kind of Spartan because I honestly do, don't have the time to, uh, you know, maintain it uh, at the moment. But yeah, once I'm out of once I'm out of school, uh, keep an eye on my website because there will mm. be some cool stuff dropping there. Yes. That is zanpeters.com. Uh, if you'd like to find me, I'm at Zanasaurus on Instagram and at uh, Zanfred E. Man on TikTok. And I'm at Josemino Art on Instagram. And from the Uncanny County Museum, I have been Zan Peters. And I've been Josemino. Bye. 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 Thank you.